Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. This morning I have four goals on my mind that God has placed in my heart, and hopefully I can accomplish them with His power. First one is to give Him glory. Second one is to seek and save the lost. Number three is encourage the saints. And number four is to make trouble for the kingdom of darkness. He's uh, messed with us far too long. We are built for a time like this. You may say, I wish maybe I could raise my kids in a different time, a simpler time maybe than this. But we were built for this. The church was built for this time. Uh, even back when it, just when it started off in Acts, um, I don't know if you guys woke up this morning and thought, oh no, they're going to throw me to the lions, or they're going to burn me at the stake. You didn't have to worry about that this morning. And I understand in some places in the world, our brothers and sisters have it far worse than we do. But they still wake up every morning, even though it might be the last morning so, we were built for a time like this. We're the church. We serve a miracle-working God. We serve a God of power. He's not dead. He doesn't sleep. So I'm thankful that that's the God that I serve. So even when I'm sleeping, he's still doing things. He's watching over me. Uh, so it's time to make some trouble for the kingdom of the darkness. Of darkness. So saints, I want to talk to you. If you're continually walking out your progressive sanctification, you know, in faith and repentance, continually serving God, trusting in him, uh, some of the things I might say to you today, you, you may have heard them before. So uh, repetition builds confidence, hearing, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I love hearing this stuff over and go over again and it encourages me is it encourages me and it emboldens me so hopefully I can encourage y'all um, if this is your first time to church or you're very new to this I'm just praying that in faith that the Holy Spirit has already plowed the soil of your heart to receive the seed which is the word of God today so that the Holy Spirit can do something in your life and that you can be ch forever changed, never the same again. This, this happened in my life, and I know it can happen in your life. Um, Pastor Travis or myself, we could tell you the truth of God's word all day long till we're blue in the face, but unless the Holy Spirit does a work in your heart, nothing's going to change. So... My prayer is that you don't leave here the same way that you came in. Um, Pastor Travis has been talking about offense uh, in relationship rehab. I don't know if you guys, anybody had the chance to get offended this week. I did. Uh, but the gospel is offensive. It, it, e it either causes a two response, fight or flight. You either stick in there and go after it with all your heart or you're like, nope. No thanks, I don't want any of this. Um, so today you can either be offended or get free. You can 
like Moses said, he laid it out in front of the people. Today I lay before you blessings, and I lay before you cursings. I, uh, death or life, truth or a lie. So I'm hoping that you choose life today. And, and like I said, I need to hear everything I'm telling you guys. Hopefully I'm not, like, pointing at you guys all day. Because I need to hear this, too. The best sermons that I ever hear, they do two things. They encourage and they challenge. So, um, Pastor Travis says, honor not expressed is not honored at all. So, I'd, I'd just like to honor our pastors today if you give them a hand. We have... We have some amazing pastors, and I'm thankful for them. Um, they're not afraid to bring correction, or pastors not afraid to um, say anything uh, that might be a little bit abrasive or something that we need to hear that's tough to hear, but all, it's for our ultimate good because he loves us and cares about us. I was thinking about the prophets of old, how they had to stand up in front of a whole nation, and, and it takes a lot of faith to stand up in front of that many people and tell them they're wrong. Uh, but I'm, I'm thankful that we have a pastor that encourages us, that strengthens us, uh, feeds into us, equips us, challenges us. Um, there's something about um, Pastor Travis. When I, I was at Life Challenge serving for close to maybe two years, um, and... I would go wherever the guys go because they visit a lot of different churches because we're sponsored by a lot of different churches. And being under the leadership there, Pastor Daniel and Sister Tracy, they're like, we, we think you need to get plugged into a church. And around that time, Pastor Travis is like, hey, how about you come play guitar for the worship team? And I had my eye on some other churches. This was not the first pick, I'll be honest. Um, at that time, it was the Cowboy Church. I'm not a cowboy, not going to pretend to be. I look up to cowboys, it's a whole, whole different type of man there. So I'm not going to even try and try that. But the door was open for me, and it was uncomfortable. But by faith, I stepped through it. Pastor Travis said, hey, how about you help out with the youth group? It was another door that got opened up for me. Um, very uncomfortable, out of my comfort zone. Uh, he also asked me, hey, how about you go with us on a youth retreat? Way out of my comfort zone, but I still stepped out. Um, I was thinking about this, how Peter, when he was in the boat, and Jesus asked him, hey, how about you come to me? I don't know about any of you, but when you look at water, it's not something that is stable. It will not hold you. But taking a step of faith is almost like that, especially if it's out of your comfort zone. Um, the more, when I said yes, okay, I'll, I'll play in the worship team here. Yes, I'll help out with the youth group. Yes, I'll go on a youth retreat. The more I stepped out in faith, the more I could continue to look back and see, okay, God, you showed up there, you showed up there, you showed up there, there. And the more I did that, until where I'm standing at today, I can look back and see all the times that God was very faithful to me. I wouldn't have this amazing wife that's sitting here through a series of events in a youth group 
I met her. Um, I got an amazing daughter. She's so cool. Uh, I got this little guy. He's, he's a trip. Uh, so I'm telling you, if you, don't, if you don't serve anywhere in the church, um, if the door opens up for you to do something and serve in the church, save people serve. If it's, if it's out of your comfort zone, that's even better because God's trying to shape and mold you into the image of his son. And so I thank uh, Pastor Travis for uh, continually pushing me out in the uncomfortable spaces. Pastor Ty uh, asking me to uh, me and my wife to take over the youth group. Um, that blows my mind. It blows my mind that I'm standing up here in front of y'all talking to, to you guys today. So continually trust God. Step out of your comfort zone. Serve him. You won't regret it. Now, is it going to be easy? No. But what kind of faith would it take if, if it was easy? So I'm, I'm thankful for our pastors um, kind of what I want to talk about today, the main point, is I entitled it Vital Lenses. And it's, it's seeing things in a biblical perspective. Deuteronomy 8.3, this is uh, Moses back in the day, children of Israel, OT, Old Testament, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, he... He's speaking to them there. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, then feeding you with manna, which neither of you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus, once again in the New Testament, Matthew 4.4, Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word that comes from the mouth of God is in the Bible. This is what we need to live on. Uh, there's, there's something about the word of God that I see mentioned a lot where, where it's kind of an analogy or a, a picture of food or it's a picture of water. Or even it's, it's God breathe. It's almost like our breath that we need to breathe. Uh, I said this in the ser first service. It's so important to get into the word daily. Pastor Robert, uh, I think he, he gave me this analogy one time. I think I remember him saying this. Is, you know, a bird has two wings. An airplane has two wings. If you look at your time with God, Bible, and prayer, if you're missing one, you're just going to be floundering around on the ground. You, there, will be not, there will not be liftoff. So food, you can last a while without food. Water, even less time. Oxygen, way, way less time. So imagine if I just come to church on Sunday, take a deep breath, and try to hold it all week. I'm, not, I'm, going, to be, I'm going to be done for. So... We need God's word in our life. We need to feed in uh, to ourselves. I, I wouldn't be where I am today without it. It's so vital for my spiritual growth, for my, for my victory, for my walk, for my stability. 
And in Psalms 19, 7 through 14, it's a, it's a little bit of a lengthy passage, but, but just, just listen to the words here. This is David talking about God's word. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise is simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold. They are much than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sin. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of, your, of my mouth and, and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Now, there's a lot of words in there like law and statutes and precepts and commandments. And I don't know if, if you really think about this or maybe at nighttime you lay awake at night like thinking about laws and precepts and just like how amazing they are. Like that is not the way the world looks at, at laws and, and precepts and rules. And I, ju I just want to give a little bit of warning here before I get any further though. I, I don't want to confuse you guys. We work because we are saved. We don't work to be saved. Um, you, you could never earn what Christ did on the cross for you. But because of what he has done, I am not the same that I used to be. What he talks about in his word, it's sweeter than honeycomb. It's more valuable than anything this world can offer to me. And this is a perspective that we need to, to thrive and to, and to be alive and victorious as God's called us to be the church in this day and age. Like I said, I, I know this world is, is, is crazy. And I know that things don't seem very good or, or like they're getting any better. But it's wor God's word that gives me stability in these times. It's refreshing. Like I said, it's food. It's, it's like water. It's like air to my soul. It helps me breathe. This pers perspective and outlook, it's, um, it leads to the glory of God and joy and delight for the saints. It's not about begrudging submission. Nothing ever sticks when it's like that. I was thinking about my marriage and the word of God. If, if it was begrudging submission to the word of God and I treated my marriage that same way, it would be a horrible marriage. Like, okay, how many times did I kiss her today? Okay, I need to kiss her five times today. I need to tell her I love you at least six times. Uh, compliment her hair. Gosh, this is so exhausting. Like, uh, like, 
I guess I got to give her a hug now. Uh, like, there's no life in that. There's, there's no joy. There's no delight. But I, I love to hug my wife. I love to kiss her. I, I love to tell her that I love her. Like, I delight in her. We are the bride of Christ. There's a picture there in the Bible of my relationship with God and, and our, that our marriage should reflect. I, I, I delight. I love it. It's, it's, I can't live without it. So the biblical perspective, this is something that helps me out a lot. I'm trying to encourage you guys today. John 8, 31 through 32 says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. These are the truths that have given me freedom and victory in difficult circumstances in a Genesis 3 world. This is the world that we live in. It's a fallen world. Yes, Jesus has conquered the grave. He has conquered sin and death, and I thank him for that. But we still live in a, in a broken world. And the truth that sets me free and gives me stability in the midst of difficult times, that's what I, I want to kind of convey to you today, what helps me out. I love, I love the griminess of the Bible I love how it meets us in, in this world that we live in today. Uh, I, I, was, I started reading the Bible with my daughter, uh, starting in Genesis. And, you know, we, we don't watch like, maybe like watch PG-13. Even some of them, I'm like, if it's, if it's too much, turn it off. And I started reading the Bible with my daughter, and I'm like, do I really have to explain some of this stuff to her? Because, I mean, it's, it's worse than rated R, half of it. But, but that's the, it meets us in a grimy, dirty world where we're at. And that's why I love the Bible. Because it doesn't sugarcoat it. It tells us the way it is. And it meets us where we're at in our everyday life. There's a perspective on, on a subject that I want to I talk to you guys about. And that's authority. I know I'm talking about laws and precepts and, and rules. And then once again, I go to authority. Ooh, yay. Let, let's talk about that. But authority, this is God's perspective on it. I'm not making it up. Uh, Romans 13, 1 through 2. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. God is the one that's saying this. God is the one that is, is, is having the men of Paul write this down. The authority that exists have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is really rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. It says there, consequently... Um, Sin has pleasure for a season. We just don't like the consequences of it. It says there also that those who rebel against the authority God has put on earth bring judgment on themselves. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I get myself in trouble enough trying to do the right thing. I don't need to heap more judgment on top of myself or, or be weighted down any more than I need to. 
Second uh, Peter two through uh, two, eleven through sixteen, and then verses eighteen through twenty. Peter's talking here to a church that is persecuted. Remember, I said that no, none of you guys ever wake wake up. Are they going to throw me to the lions? Or am I going to have to fight to the death in, in front of thousands of people? Are they going to burn me at the stake? Are they going to pour hot oil on me? Uh, this is the church that the more they squeezed, the more they flourished, and they couldn't understand it. The Romans were baffled by it. But I love how Paul is saying here, he starts it out, Beloved, he's like, hey guys, I love you. I care about you. I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh. What he's saying there is, this is not our home. You were... You were exiles. You were aliens. This is not your home. If you ever feel weird uh, out in the world, that's because it's not your home. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. People should see in you God. The more you walk out this walk, the more doors it's going to open up for you to talk about his goodness. People are going to see what is different about you, and you're going to be able to talk about it. Like I said, in Ecclesiastes, there's a time to, to, to do certain things, uh, and there's a time to refrain from things. I'm not saying us as a church, we should shut up. I think we should be louder than ever before. But, but in your day-to-day lives, the people that you you walk next to your neighbors, love God, love your neighbors as yourself, that should open up doors the way you live for them to be like, what is it about your life that's different? You seem like you have so much peace. You seem like you have so much joy. Like, that just happened to you, and this is how you're acting? What's different? Submission to authority. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to the governor as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God. By doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. If you ever wonder what the will of God is, this is the will of God for your life. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom to cover up evil, but living as servants of God. This next part here, 18 to 20, servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. If you have somebody, a leader, that is uh, difficult to work for, God has put them there for a reason in your life. Now, if they're asking you to like embezzle money or, or steal or do something that would break one of God's laws, yes, you have a reason to not obey them. You, you may lose your job, but God will provide another one. I know he will. Um, but 
just because they're difficult to work for doesn't mean that you're not supposed to work for them. Maybe a path to maturity. God, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens the other. I was looking at that thinking, okay, if I want to sharpen a knife, I need another piece of iron to sharpen it. If I only have one piece, I can't sharpen it. So whatever it is that you're going through, if we have this perspective on authority, because we all are under authority. God has put authority in my life. Um, Sister Tracy, Brother Daniel, uh, Pastor Travis, Brandy, uh, from the policeman to the president to your pastor, uh, we all are under authority. And if you use a biblical perspective, it's going to help you in difficult circumstances to walk things out, even though, you're, even though you're struggling. Like I said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you use this tr- truth to guide you instead of just your emotions and how you feel, uh, you, you're going to struggle. You're going to be defeated. But if you use God's word to guide you, to direct you, if you use that as a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path, you're going to have victory. I'm telling you guys this because I want to help you out. Um, This is what God's shown me in my life. It's worked for many, many people before that that have walked the same path that God has set out before them. I'm not anybody special. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, another one of God's will for your life. It is be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, who belong to Christ. So whatever your circumstance you're in, God's will for you is to be thankful. It's hard to, to beat somebody down that's thankful. You know, Paul and Silas, they were in the jail. Most of us, if we were in that circumstances, I don't know how much we would be singing, You are my champion. Giants, like most of us, probably, unless we have a biblical perspective, would be complaining and being frustrated and full of fear. But you can't beat somebody down. That's, it's hard to be miserable when you're thankful. 1 Corinthians 10.3. So whatever you eat or drink and whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. If, if you're working, if you're playing, if you're hanging, hanging out with your family, if whatever you're doing, do it like you're doing it unto God. This, uh, this was very evident to me. Um, this, the Holy Spirit brought this scripture up into my spirit one time. Uh, every now and then we'll go over to, to Beat and Bow Homes, the different developments. There's a lot of wind here, if you haven't noticed, and uh, it'll blow trash everywhere so we have to go out and pick up this trash around the neighborhoods that they're um, building it's probably one of my least favorite things to do and as I'm picking up this trash uh, not too excited about it the Holy Spirit brings it up into me whatever you do do it as you're doing it unto God and I had to stop and think about it I'm like thank you God you are so good to me and so gracious to me even in what seems like a very uh, medial task. 
God can still speak to you. If you have your biblical lenses on throughout the day, just don't take every ordinary circumstance as it is. God wants to show, to you, show you something. He wants to speak to you. Like I said, you can't defeat somebody with that perspective or attitude. If you have a, a leader that's difficult uh, to work for, like I said, as long as they're not asking you to, there's no abuse, there's not anybody, uh, they're not asking you to embezzle money or anything, break one of God's laws. You don't work for that boss, you work for God. When you have that, that perspective, that godly perspective, it goes past the circumstance and the object, ultimately to God's praise and his glory. If I, if I start judging my authority, because they're imperfect, us, me, I'm, I'm a very imperfect person, but I serve a perfect God. You know, if, if I start judging my authority, I start carrying around a weight that was never meant for me to carry. And life is difficult enough. I'll be walking around disgruntled and frustrated because I'm trying to judge the way they're doing things. How about I let that to God so that he, if they're doing something wrong, God's going to take care of it. And this is a perspective that I need to have. The world's view about things, it terminates on the object. God's view transcends the object or circumstances and goes straight to the glory of God. So I, I use this analogy for this. So like if, if somebody, if there's somebody that's not saved, and they're eating a steak, and I, you got a believer, he's eating a steak. When the, the person with the worldly perspective eats the steak, it just kind of ends there. They, they eat it, they go home, they, maybe it gave them a little bit of pleasure for, at, the, at the moment, but leaves them hungry for something else. A believer sits down with a thankful heart, knowing that he serves an amazing creator that created an animal that tasty. And he's, he's given us all kinds of cool ideas on how to prepare that food and all these different flavors that, that just explode in your mouth. And what kind of God does this for us? Like, he's been so gracious, so merciful. He's, he's the one that provided it to put it on my plate. He is my provider. Do you see the difference between the two perspectives? The worldview terminates on the object or the circumstance, whether it's the stake analogy or it's the difficult leader. God's view transcends the object or circumstance and goes straight to the glory of God. So, so, so how do I do this? This, this goes into thinking. How do I think biblically? If you blindly walk into a war zone, you're going to get killed, defeated, slaughtered, annihilated. You'll have a better chance of winning a fight if you know it's coming. So Ephesians 6.12 says, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers of the, this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil 
in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. If you don't know that you're in a war every day, a spiritual war, you're going to walk around defeated. You're not going to walk in victory. It's a possibility that that person that's difficult to work with or the circumstance that's really hard for you, there is some sort of spirit behind that, which is causing the attitude of that person to act that way. The way that they're thinking about the circumstance that's making them act that way against you is probably not from God. But if you know that you're in a spiritual warfare, it says to put on the full armor of God. I'm not going to break it all down because... They just broke it down in Bible school, the whole armor of God, not too long ago, which I encourage you, if you don't come to Bible school on Wednesday, come. It's awesome. They talk about exactly what I'm talking about here today. But I'm not going to break down the armor of God, but one of the main, our most offensive weapon, or defense, I always get defense, offense mixed up. But anyway, the sword of the spirit that you can destroy the enemy with, it's what I'm talking about. It's the spoken word of God. So like I said, if you know the fight's coming and you're prepared, you're ready for battle, you're going to have a better chance. You're going to have a dog in the fight. Number 2 Corinthians 10.5. I love this verse. It helps me out so much because a lot of times the battle is up here in our soulish realm, our mind, will, and emotions. We destroy every argument. Do you ever have an argument in your head? Every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. We take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. If you just let whatever thought bounces into your head, let it bounce around in there like a rubber ball, it, it's going to destroy you. If you just take whatever thought and run with it. But... If you do what the scripture said and take every thought captive and hold it up, okay, does this thought, which is causing all these emotions or difficulties, does it line up with God's word? You're going to be, you can't, like I said, you can't defeat somebody like that. This has helped me out so much. I need to take every thought captive. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I know something that's praiseworthy. God, he's worthy of our praise. You can't defeat somebody like that. This type of thinking, it kind of bleeds over into my, kind of like my last point, which is difficulty, difficult circumstances, and suffering. This is kind of weird because it's like, you know, God does so many cool things. He takes something like this and he turns it around for good. This is my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures, which helps me out. It's almost like 
uh, the, I call it the James 1, 2, 3, 4. It's like a really just good punch right in the, the soul. Uh, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you go through trials of various kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Steadfastness, when it has its full effect, you'll be complete. You won't be lacking anything. I don't know about you, but I, I want to be prepared. I want to be complete. I don't, I don't want to be uh, lacking anything. Uh, I love how the word says various trials. He, put, he penned that down. James penned that down, and I love that he put that there because if you're going through a hard time, various, it falls under various. Um, it's kind of like going to the gym. If, if you go to the gym and you just pick up the lightest weights that you can, there's no tension there. It does not build any strength. But spiritually, circumstances is where we where we develop the ability to continue to keep on moving on, to keep going. Uh, it develops steadfastness. I, I love this because when we go through hard times, if I use this as a biblical lens, this is vital for my survival. I, I can be like, woe is me. But John 16.33 says, this is Jesus speaking here, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. If Jesus is telling me this, that I'm going to have difficulties in this world, I'm going to have difficulties in this world. And I'm not saying this once again to scare you guys, it's to prepare you guys. So that way when the enemy comes at you, you can be prepared, you can fight back. And I think God's more concerned about my character than he is about my comfort. 1 Samuel 36, this is the guy that penned down Psalm 19 that we talked about earlier, where David is just delighting and, and gushing about how awesome God's commandments are, how valuable they are, how good they are. In this circumstance, David, it says here, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the souls of the people were grieved, every man for his son and for his daughter. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. I don't know if you went to work this week and everybody at break time was about ready to stone you, like, but he was in a difficult circumstance. You may have had some circumstances this week where you were distressed, just like David. But guess what? David, in this difficult circumstance, he didn't complain. He didn't have a pity party. It says he encouraged himself in the Lord, and I love that. When I read that, I was like, I can do the same exact thing as he's doing right here. Y'all can be preachers. Each and every one of you, you can preach the gospel to yourself every single day. It doesn't say that you can't do that in the Bible. When I found that out, that you can preach the gospel to yourself and encourage yourself in the Lord, man, that's a game changer. Romans eight twenty eight, another powerful verse that helps me out 
when I'm going through a difficult time. And we know for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, all things, just like in James where it says various, whatever the enemy meant for evil, God is going to turn it around for good. I had a lot of evil in my life back a, little, a while ago. Um, addicted to, to drugs, addicted to alcohol, whatever I could get. You know, it, it didn't start out like that, but that's how the enemy kind of entices you. At first, Egypt feeds you with quail, and, and it's, it seems real nice in the land of Goshen. If you guys know what I'm talking about in the Old Testament, where, where the children went in, and it seemed like a good, good time, but then eventually it enslaved them and started beating them with whips. Sin has pleasure for a season, otherwise people wouldn't do it. But eventually, it's what enslaves you. But what the enemy meant for evil, God took in my life, and I'm able to use that and minister to men who were ensnared and enslaved and bound up to addictions, attitudes, mindsets, just the way that I was. And that's what God does. He's turned took what the enemy meant for evil, and he's turning around for good. There are some, some, some difficult circumstances that I've been through. Romans 8.28 has kept me stable through it. Uh, Genesis 50.20, God's take, took him what the enemy meant for evil and turned around for good. I remember when my dad passed away. It was quick. It was sudden. I prayed. I don't know if I've ever prayed that hard in my life. I remember... Um, he was in Pennsylvania. I was here. It was real early on a Thursday morning. And my mom was there with the phone and my brothers, and they were in the hospital. And I prayed so hard for God to heal him. I don't think I didn't have enough faith. I knew God could do it, but I don't know why God took him. Maybe it was his time. But going to his funeral... It was amazingly awful time. It's kind, of, it's kind of weird, but God does things like that. He takes what the enemy meant for evil, and he turns it around for good. In a room full of I don't know how many people, there's a lot of people there, I was able to proclaim what a knucklehead I was and how amazing... A man of God my dad was. Was he perfect? No. But I, I got to preach and or proclaim how good God was in despite of a difficult circumstance. God can take what the enemy meant for evil and he can turn it around for good. So if you're going through a difficult circumstance and I'm telling you to count it all joy, like James says, I don't want to discount the emotions or the hurt, or the pain, because that's real. But this perspective will give you stability in the midst of a difficult circumstances. John, if you want to come back. God's not going to work out things the way that we think he's going to work them out. 
and that's okay. My plan has never worked. But by his grace, once I have submitted to him, and it's only by his grace, Ephesians 2.8 says, For it's by grace, through faith, that you have been saved, not a work of yourself, so that nobody can boast. He has a better plan than you do. And that's okay. I, that gives me comfort and peace, because like I said, Whenever I got my hands all up in there, in the, in the trying to fix things, and it just falls apart. But when I come to him with an open hand and say, okay, God, everything that you've given me is yours anyway. In the last seven years of my life, getting close to, closer to eight, He's done more in those seven years than the first 35 years of my life. And he hasn't done it the way that I thought he would. Not at all. I had no clue even where Amarillo, Texas was. Or it even exists. Uh, I didn't know that I was going to marry this beautiful young lady on the front row from, from South Texas. Didn't know that I was going to have a daughter or a son. Didn't know that I was going to be in a ministry that helps guys break free from drugs and alcohol. Didn't know I was going to help out with a youth group. Didn't, didn't know I was going to use my musical skills that God's given me to be able to worship him. Didn't know I was going to be talking to y'all. It's not how I would have planned it, but God, he has a better plan. Has, has the last seven years been spirit-sprinkled joy? No. <laughs> you have to be intentional and get up every morning and, and go after God and spend time with him. So that way when you are going through a difficult circumstance, you have stability. One more verse that helps me out Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 trust in the Lord with all your heart now I know some of you have trouble trusting because people have let you down people will let you down they make a horrible God but you can trust in God Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. If this is my own understanding right here, I'm going to fall over if I lean on it. But if I trust in God and I lean on him, you're never going to let you're never going to let me down. Even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, you're working. He's a way maker. We serve a star-breathing God. 
He created the universe just by speaking it into existence. He doesn't even have a birthday. You have a birthday. We need knee replacements, hip replacements. I, we, our bodies fail. We make a horrible God. He makes an amazing God. We are finite. This is the God that we serve today. So some of the results of living this way, we get to walk in victory. We have hope. In the, in the midst of hopeless circumstances, we have his peace that passes all understanding, which guards our heart and our mind. And like I said, it passes all of our understanding. Even though we're going through a difficult circumstance, if we don't understand why it's happening like that, we can still have peace that surpasses that understanding. He gives us joy, which is our strength. He gives us purpose. My life before God, I was searching for purpose and trying to build my own meaning and looking for, the world says, look inside yourself and find purpose and find you. I, I tried doing that. God has fulfilled my life over and over and over again with more purpose than, than I, could, I could imagine. I don't deserve this. He's been more than gracious to me. And he has purpose for you. You get to experience his love, which is patient, it's kind. It doesn't keep record of wrong. You can forgive other people that have hurt you. You can show others the same kind of forgiveness that he has so graciously shown you. You can show other people mercy. You can have self-control. You don't have to give in to every compulsion. Uh, you can have patience. You can have contentment. You can have stability in difficult circumstances. You can do what he's called you to do. Loving God and loving people. Mark, Mark 12, 30, one of my favorite scriptures. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.